Hello everyone and welcome back to Chronic Pain and Paranoia. It's us. We're back. And um, special guest. Yes, Alyssa is back. If you don't know who Alyssa is, fake fan, she was, uh, she joined us for one of our campfire episodes. It's one of our most listened to episodes of all time. So good. Mm-hmm. Welcome back. Hello everybody. So we're just going to be doing our normal stuff today. Uh, no true stories from us. True stories from other people, but not from us. Anyway, yeah. our word, our theme today is jail. Dun, dun, dun. So that'll be cool. Uh, Emily, how are you feeling today? Today? You know that one episode of The Office where Dwight and Andy are fighting? I just got a resounding same reaction from everyone. <laughs> everyone covered their face and they're like, oh no. It's the episode where Dwight and Andy are fighting over Angela, and Andy runs over Dwight with the Prius. That's how I feel. But, like, imagine you actually got run over by a Prius. A dream. A dream, indeed. Specifically a Prius. Specifically. Because it's, like, right at the mid the midsection. Mm. And also humiliating. <laughs> and humili- hum- Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that was embarrassing. Wow. We're already starting with our, with our word struggles. Last <laughs> week was bad last week i don't even remember what well, at least it, the, the episode no i remember being bad at speaking english and can't read yeah we both were having a hard time it was really weird we're being haunted turn on the emf reader click it on oh wait you have to press the middle it's scary and also <laughs> it went up for a second yeah it goes to three <laughs> when it starts it goes all the way and then it goes back to three i'm gonna have to buy one of those and put it on the ouija board Emily bought it for me for my birthday. Yeah, I got her a ghost hunting kit. Uh Uh-huh. We have to go ghost hunting, by the way. I've been meaning to call you here to have this discussion. I've been talking about this since I've been saying let's load up my You can't say on this podcast. (gasps) Someone put in the redacted sound. I'm so sorry. We're going to have to cut that part out. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, this is the one to give away the undisclosed bakery. I was talking about it since the undisclosed bakery. <laughs> yeah. I already have an idea of where I want to go and what we should do. Yeah. Um, we just have to find a weekend that works for everyone. I'm always available. Crazy. So it's just whenever you guys are available. Yeah. Always. Anyway, I feel like I'm in one of those giant uh, tractor tires and I got rolled down the superstitions. Oh, man. You've been through it. My back hurts so <laughs> bad. It's been, like, waking me up. It, Ugh. like, it feels like my old period pain. In the back. But I don't get those. can't sleep through it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah, I'm, I'm just on a lot of birth control, so I don't really get my period anymore. And that's pretty much the only perk of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alyssa, do you have a pain scale? You don't have to. I have no pain scale because I don't have endometriosis. Woo! Good for All you, I have honestly. Is crippling anxiety. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Join the club! And the, and the want to live and survive. And it's it's called Tronic Pain and Paranoia for a reason! <laughs> <laughs> I'm in pain and I'm paranoid, but I don't have the, you know, everything. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Well, let's get started. This podcast contains sensitive material such as violence, murder, paranormal activity, and other adult topics, so listener discretion is advised. While we do research all of our episodes, we are just two Emilys with a microphone and a passion for all things spooky. Take it with a grain of salt. All of our sources will be in the show notes. So, 
I'm going to talk today about a haunted location, one of which you guys probably already know. It's the Eastern State Penitentiary. 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 I feel like we've been meaning to do this one for so long. I can't say the word penitentiary, by the way. It's close enough, though. Yeah. We know what you're saying. I've been meaning to do it for a while because it's kind of like prison history. It's a big deal. (laughs) On the gulag. We're not bringing Call of Duty into this, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. Um. So, I'm just going to give you a little bit of history. Um, It was operational from 1829 to 1971, which is a freaking long time. That is a really long time. It was a refined revolutionary system of the separate incarceration, first pioneered um, at the Walnut Street Jail, which emphasized principles of rather or reform rather than punishment. So, basically, gotcha. penitentiary? I said that right, right? Yeah, you did. Good job, me. I practiced it all day. <laughs> you used, like, different vowels, but yeah, you broke it up. Well, I've been practicing all day. Side eye with dyslexia. Yeah. I said... <laughs> she has dyslexia. I'm dyslexia not being mean. I tell her that all the time, but she forgets. Maybe I have dyslexia, but forgetting I, dyslexia. I think we forgot it. We've had this conversation. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm on one today. Um, but anyways, the word comes from penitent. So, notorious criminals stayed here, like Al Capone and bank Gee. robber Willie Sutton. Al Capone has stayed everywhere, though. Celebrities. Yeah. In our Alcatraz episode where we talked about how he stayed there and you were all like, oh, didn't he have, like, a cushy mm-hmm. prison cell? That was this. That was there? Yeah, he had, like, oh. a little chair. He had a radio. He had a bed. Yeah, he had, like, a rug. A desk. nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's this one. Gotcha. He stayed there not for very long, I don't Yeah, think. that's what I remember, too. Um, at its completion, the building was the largest and most expensive public structure ever erected in the United States. Oh my gosh. And it quickly became a model of more than 300 prisons worldwide. Wow. So it was, like, the base model of prisons as we know them. Interesting. The architecture, it's, like, a circle. They call it a wagon wheel. Yeah. Structure. Because it has, like what would be like a wagon wheel spokes Mm -hmm. and those are what the cells would be yeah and in the middle there's it's just like a you can stand in the middle and look down every hallway that's terrifying it's terrifying i just watched (laughs) that is so scary yeah i just watched a ghost adventures episode before you guys got here and it was of course zach baggins Mm -hmm. but one guy was telling him he was like yeah i was turning and i saw something out of the corner of my eye and i thought it was just someone on the tour trying to be dumb or whatever yeah but it wasn't. He was by himself, and he saw the shadow moving with the wagon wheel as he was turning, like, out of the corner of his eye. And then he watched it run down one of the hallways, and he walked down there, and there was nothing. Oh, my gosh. Which him. Me, too. <laughs> um, yeah. So, the Eastern State Penitentiary was originally named Cherry Hill Prison. State Prison, sorry. It was constructed in 1822. It was capable of holding 500 convicts in isolation, so they had separate rooms, and the way they practiced it was, like, an isolation reforming, not punishment, mm-hmm. so none of the prisoners ever saw each other while they were, like, oh. the 500 capacity. They were, the halls were huge, like, ceilings, and they were rounded to make it look like a church, so you felt guilt like, the good old <laughs> Catholic guilt. You know what I'm talking That's about? That's hilarious. 
they bring religious trauma into this basically they're like we're gonna make you think of god and think about your actions which i don't think that's how that works i know yeah make it look like a principal's office like can you imagine al capone walking in there and be like cool I don't feel bad. I make more money than any of you people. Like, what? Basically. And so down those long hallways I was describing, they they were like the rows of cells. Yeah. They had two doors on them. So there was the gate door, like the wood iron one that you would see at like Alcatraz. Yeah. It would lock. But then there was a second wood door so the cellmates couldn't talk to each other. Oh. And if they were moved for places, I don't know so, where they would be moved to, like the showers or whatever. Yeah. Um they would have a bag wrapped over their faces and, like, their identity completely concealed. Oh, my gosh. Ew. So Complete it was, like, isolation. solitary confinement for everyone, basically? Basically. That's inhumane. Well, if they're talking to each other, they're catfishing that. each other. Basically. <laughs> basically. And they had, like, their outdoor areas, too. Yeah. But they were also confined. So no two prisoners that were next to each other were ever outside at the same time so they can talk to each other. That is so weird. For, like, complete isolation. Even yeah. the guards, they would only see them... Legally, they had to see them once a day. But that's oh. all that would see them. They had no contact with the outside world or anything. That's mm-hmm. not That's not good for the, so, for the mental health. Pretty traumatic, you guys. Yeah. Me. Mm-hmm. Can I just say side note? It's like when our friend said um that she wants to raise her baby in absolute captivity <laughs> or no what is it in absolute, absolute isolation, isolation. <laughs> and she <laughs> wants to be their mother goddess <laughs> <laughs> she wanted to raise her child without her child seeing anybody or anything and, we and were then like, when it turns 18 she would be the first thing that it would see and she would come across as an actual goddess because it hasn't seen anything and else. we were literally like miss ma'am that is neglect and abuse. And she's like, no, it's not. And we're like, literally it is. Literally it we is. We yelled at her for like 45 minutes. And she was like, okay, I get it. Meanwhile, Alyssa and I are like cackling over the domain <laughs> corner. <laughs> yeah. That was a day. Uh, anyway. Uh, another side note. I wanted to put in that um, some people believe the doors were so small so that the prisoners would have a hard time getting out. But other people thought it was... Um, they had to bow. Like, oh. you know how when you go to, like, an altar at, like, a Catholic church, you have to bow before yeah. the Bible? Bowing kind of like that. Just, like, weird, like, religious... Religious ties. Reminders. Yeah. I don't have the back for that. Every day no. I bow. Oh, we don't either, ma'am. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. Not in this household. When I worked at the funeral home, we would have to bow before the altar, like, just to be respectful because, it's like... I'm not gonna not do it. Yeah. Whatever. My knees. My knees hated me. I'm You're a tarsal nice, tunnel. I'm gonna give yeah. them a nice, firm, respectful handshake. A handshake of the faith. Maybe even like, one of these. Yeah. <laughs> a secret handshake. Well, one of the funeral directors would just bow her head. Like, mm-hmm. she'd cross her arms and bow her head. But they're like, You're young enough. You can do the full bow. And I was like, Uh, no. I'm asking you for a bend and snap. I can't. Yeah! <laughs> But with your knees. Not at the waist. Nasty. Yeah, so the cells are made of co- concrete with a single glass skylight. Mm. Um, representing the eye of God. Suggesting that the prisoners... Suggesting to the prisoners that God was always watching them. This is weird. Right? I didn't know any of this about 
about it. I think this is all alleged, so I forgot to say that word. Oh, okay. But That's fine. A lot I mean, of the it, things we say are alleged. It was 1880-whatever. Yeah. So. I wouldn't put it past him. Who even knows? Um, so, cell accommodations were actually really advanced for its time, including a faucet with running water over a flushing toilet, um, as well as curved pipes along part of the wall which served as central heating um, for the winter months. The toilets were remotely flushed twice a week by the guards of the cell block. I read somewhere that it actually had toilets before the White House did. Like, flushing toilets before the White House. I heard what that, too. Before? Good old pail and bucket. The the chamber pots, if you will. Nasty. No. Like, it's got the seat with a bucket under it. Yeah. And then you take the bucket out and you dump that. It's like that. That is not hot girl activities. <laughs> no, ma'am. No, ma'am. Uh-uh. Not. <laughs> Alyssa said, could not find me dead. Uh-uh. I'd rather lean on a tree. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> uh, uh, one story I wanted to bring up was in 1924, Pennsylvania Governor Gifford, I don't know how to say his last name, um, allegedly sentenced Pep the cat-murdering dog, an actual dog, to life sentence at Eastern State. Pep allegedly murdered the governor's wife cher- wife's cherished cat. Prison records reflect that Pep was assigned an inmate number, number C2559, which is seen in his mugshot. However, the reason for Pep's incarceration remains a subject of debate. A contemporary yes. newspaper article reported, reported that the governor donated his own dog to prison to increase inmate morale. So basically, some I want to see his mugshot. Me too. That's adorable. Yeah, but... Everyone got mad, and they're like, not the dog. And yeah, so he's sad. like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> supposedly he was going around like a therapy dog. like when Oh, yeah. yeah. But, I don't know. It's all speculation. Gotcha. There was also a major escape in 1945, and was carried out by 12 inmates, including Willie Sutton, who I mentioned earlier, who's a thief, robber, dude, whatever. Um, over the course of the year, they managed to dig an undiscovered... 97 foot tunnel under the prison wall um during renovations in 1930s an additional 30 incomplete inmate dug holes 30 incomplete dug holes were found oh they had escaped they managed to pop up on the other side of the wall but they were caught like almost immediately (laughs) they were covered in mud when they'd found them because it was a huge tunnel they dug down and around and then back up and they popped up on like a wall or something I don't even know. You can see the pictures. Mm-hmm. But they popped up, walked away, and the prisoners, or the guards were like, uh. And they brought them back, <laughs> like, and they were hey. just covered in mud. Yeah. <laughs> embarrassing. That is embarrassing. Uh, that'd be so scary. That'd be terrifying. I'd be like, ugh. I'm I wouldn't even dig the hole. I'd be like, I'm just gonna sit here Tunneling is so scary. Literally, yeah. just, like, do your sentence and calm down. I'd accept my fate. I'd be like, you're telling me there's a flushing toilet? And I got, I'm all by myself, no one to bully me, talk to me, bother me, and I get to sleep willy-nilly, have no bills to pay, and have food brought to me. This is the Hilton Hotel, baby. (laughs) Sign me up, life sentence, electric chair. Especially Al Capone. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, he had a whole, yeah, he had a whole suite, basically. Sounds like the Playboy Mansion to me. Yeah. Big people everywhere, no one talking to each other, everyone in and out. Uh, but also, there were no um, executions at this prison. 
Because it was oh. a reformery, not a... Oh, gotcha. Not a... What's the word I used earlier? Punishment. Yes. Yeah. So it's like a really nice mental institution. Except they went insane here because white walls, you're by yourself all day, no contact with the outside world. Hmm. So now some of the hauntings, friends. Yes. We love a good haunting. So some of the haunted experiences visitors report are cackling and echo voices come from cell block 12. Shadow figures dart along the walls in cell block 6. Visitors to cell block 4 have visions of ghostly faces. A silhouette of a guard appears in one of the towers. And then your normal footsteps, wails, whispers, and giggling. Mm-hmm. Creepy, but it's there. Standard. <laughs> yeah. I actually... Standard. Yeah. I watched... It is for us. The BuzzFeed Unsolved episode is, like, one of their very first supernatural yeah. episodes. It's so cute to see them go in and use their little ghost box or spirit box. I call it a ghost and box. <laughs> Ryan is shaking in his boots. Yeah, because, like, you can somewhat hear a sound, but at the same time, you're like, okay. They usually don't get any evidence, which is sad. Uh-huh. But, but I also like to really know funny. that it's not played up, though, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, they went in there. There's, like, weird tappings. Some people say you can see figures, whatnot, whatnot. Um, one of the most legendary tales comes from Gary Johnson, who helped maintain the crumbling old locks in the prison. In the early 1990s, he had just opened an old lock in cell block four when he says a force gripped him so tightly that he was unable to move. He described a negative, horrible energy that exploded out of the cell. He... Ooh. Uh, he said tormented faces appeared on the cell walls and that one form in particular beckoned him. Gross. A twerking... <laughs> yeah. A Baron? He said, come here right now. said, actually. <laughs> but tour guide Ben Bookman says, it's a, it's a lot harder to find a believer than it is to find a skeptic here. Most people just say they run a haunted attraction and it's not actually haunted. Which is weird because I've seen more evidence come out of here than, like, other places that claim. Oh, yeah. This is, like, this is one of the most well-known ones that we've covered, arguably. Yeah. Well, because they do, like, haunted attractions every year. And yeah, like, this... It's, like, an actual haunted house. It's a haunted house. Yeah. One of my favorite YouTubers of all time, Glamangore, mm-hmm. she started doing special effects makeup there. Yeah. And then she went back... And ghost hunted while doing special effects makeup. Mm-hmm. Spooky. It was cool. What a woman. She's we so cool. See it. Uh, it is crusty though. It's like the creepiest place ever. It's nasty, man. Whoa. Like all the paint is peeling. And I said nasty. I want to go see it in real life so bad. I would totally. Go. I just want to go anywhere. Again, anywhere I'm haunted. having a separate conversation after this. <laughs> we could go stay in the haunted hotel in Flagstaff. I already stayed there. She stayed there already. We're going, you know Why what do we're you going? Hate us? Jerome. We're going to Jerome and we're going to get the haunted suite because things are clanking around down there. I need I need something to shake me awake. I need that as a souvenir. Yes, I'm like. I've looked into the prices and it would be $87 a person per night. Oh, that's that not bad. That is chump change. I can find that on the streets. Exactly. So if we split it three ways. No, that's not bad at all. Well, like, it's 200 like, by itself, but if we split it three ways, it'd be, like, 87 and some change or whatever. Yeah. Sorry. She, she would have calculated. I told you! <laughs> <laughs> I've been looking into this! Emily's gonna fist fight us after this. I'm scared. <laughs> fist fight. 
Blink three times if you're scared. They'll respond. Chattering. <laughs> On our audio only podcast. I know. <laughs> uh, so on April 3rd, 1945, a major escape that took place by the 12 inmates over the course of a the year. They dug the tunnels. Mm-hmm. Yada, yada, yada. I already read that part. Many ghost stories have been heard from this prison. Many ghost stories have been heard from this prison as far back as 1940s. Oh. So when Al Capone stayed there, it's some people have said he was haunted. It was already haunted then? Uh-huh. Like, some people were saying um, that when you would walk by Al Capone's cell, you would hear him saying, stop, get away from me, and, like, oh. reference to a ghost. But there's no, like, actual, like, context mm-hmm. historically for that. It's just word of mouth. So it's like, Interesting. Whatever. <laughs> Visitors have reported seeing the ghost of Joseph Taylor, who murdered an inmate named Michael Durant to death in 1884. Isn't that what that means? Whatever. Murdered him right to death. Right to the death. <laughs> I got this from NPR, an NPR website, by the way. The link's in the description. Uh, after he carried out this murder, it's also reported that he quietly entered a cell and went to sleep. Um, and his ghost still wanders the halls to this day. Gross. Allegedly. But he murdered the guy and then just like, He's like, okay, back to, back to bed. Yeah. And that's basically all that I have for you. Um, I watched Ghost Adventures today. I also <laughs> watched BuzzFeed Unsolved. And there's... A Ghost Hunters episode on this. Ooh. And it's supposed to be, like, really one of the best, like, paranormal evidence caught on camera. Because mm-hmm. you can see a shadow moving across, like, the long mm-hmm. hallways I described. Like, you can see it running from one end to I the other. I think I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. It's spooky. If you care about ghosts, you've seen that. Basically. Like, 100%. Spooky. Uh, but yeah. I want to go. <laughs> Some ghosts like to touch ladies' butts in there. <gasps> Pervert ghosts. Oh my gosh, no. It's been a while. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> a while. No, go. please don't. <laughs> <laughs> Not with a ghost. <laughs> I can't even see their face, I can imagine. <laughs> Beautiful. Nasty. Um, side note. There's this TikToker, I just thought of it because you guys were mentioning that final video, but there's this TikToker, he has, he's like a security guard on a graveyard shift at a graveyard, and it is violently haunted, and there's like a little, like, walk-in chapel for, like, the funerals and stuff, and yeah. there's, like, the doors slam all the time he walks in there, there's, like, screaming, there's, like, running footsteps, and he, like, literally re- records it, like, actually there, and being, like, I have to deal with this every night, and it's not, like, a set-up bougie, like, account. His TikTok name, he doesn't even have that many followers, and his TikTok name is, like, really generic. It's, like, mm-hmm. graveyard guy or whatever, and it's, like, not this big account, but it's, like, yeah. ge- it's, like, obviously real, and he's, like... Send that to me right now. I I will find him. His, vi- his uh, account got taken down, and then he, he made it again, so gotcha. I'll have to find him, but his videos have me flabbergasted. Wow. Absolutely flabbergasted. Did the thing go? Did you see that? Is it because I whipped my phone out? It has to be really close. Yeah. <gasps> spooky spooky. Um, okay. <laughs> She's all clutch my pearls. Grabs the rosary. <laughs> oh, what? Our pizza's ready? The thing started buzzing. I'm like, our seat's ready? Table twelve. I hop. <laughs> okay. Ugh, I missed a buzz. So today I'm going to tell you about the story of Donna... Pay aunt. Ringing any bells, Emily? 
Mm-mm. It's a horrible name. <gasps> Be nice to Donna. Donna Pant. Pant. You're, you're kicked P- out. Payant. It's P A Y A N T. Well, she needs a better name. Jeez. Okay. We don't shame. We don't shame in this house. Alyssa's on timeout. Okay. On May 15th, 1981, 90 miles north of New York, a female correctional officer is missing from a prison, and there is no sign of her. So, we are at Greenhaven Correctional Facility in New York. Okay. At the time, it was the, I think, one of the biggest prisons in New York, and also the maximum security prison. So, the worst of the worst people went here. The name sounds familiar of the prison. Yeah. Is it haunted by chance? Uh, I wouldn't doubt it. Okay. Is it still open? Um, I don't know, actually. Okay. I don't know. So... This is about 31-year-old Donna Payant. She is strong-willed and independent. She has three children and a husband. Her husband is also a correctional officer, but he works at a different prison. She was hoping to get placed at the same prison as him because the Greenhaven prison is actually five hours away from where she lives. So she could only see her kids on the weekend, and she literally had to have, like, a separate apartment. I'm quitting. I'm moving. Yeah. I'm quitting. That's there was a lot of stuff that happened in, like, her training because it's much like police officers where you have to go through an academy. Uh-huh. And this is when, this is the same year that they first started allowing female correctional officers into prisons in New York. Ooh. Yeah. And Sorry, a lot of error. people did not like that. In New York. I know. <laughs> so, into the main story... So, on May 15th, 1981, she punched in for her afternoon shift. It was about, like, 2 p.m., and then she would leave, like, that night. So, she was seen with two other officers when one of them got a phone call on the landline, and they said... The landline? They said, Donna is for you, and she was like, okay. And, um... So, like, she turned away while she was on the phone. Like, she seemed embarrassed and then, like, hung up. And she seemed super annoyed and said, I'll be back in a few minutes. And, like, walked away. Okay. And so, later that day, at the evening row call, she was nowhere to be found. And immediately, the prison was put onto lockdown. So, she's already been missing for, like, a full day. (gasps) (laughs) Yeah. So, things are going good. <laughs> You're um, joking. How did no one know? So, officers Is literally... Is no one her friend? <laughs> she, so this was only her third week. <gasps> That's even worse. Isn't she the sign documents and get her payroll started? Come on now. Yeah. Uniform sizes, everything. It's... she's <laughs> not already wearing one. People did say it was a very chaotic day at the prison. There was, like, activities going on that don't normally go on. So it was, like, hard to keep track of everybody, I guess. Dang. But that kind of seems like an Fake excuse friends. to me. Yeah, that does seem like an excuse. And Fake also, friends. she wasn't very well liked by the male officers. Makes so. sense. Yeah. So. Alyssa. Continue, continue. So officers combed the prison, and there was literally no trace of her. 
After officers went through the whole prison, they literally brought in a team of bloodhounds. And the blood bloodhounds did not find her or any trace of her. So officers combed the whole prison, found no sight of her. There was no proof that she left. Like, she would have had to, you know, clocked out, punched out. She yeah. didn't punch out. So after officers combed... <laughs> she didn't punch out because she was Hey. So they even brought in a team of bloodhounds and they traced her scent to like behind the prison and then they lost it. So the huh. next morning, the prison got a call from the local landfill where huh. the prison's trash was taken and they found a body that was badly mutilated. It was a blonde woman and it was a prison guard uniform wrapped in a garbage bag. The body was soon identified as Donna. She became the first <laughs> female correctional officer to be murdered in the line of duty in U.S. history. It's not funny. It's really sad. I think her name Donna is just really getting me. Like, imagine being like, oh my god, a body. Well, like, that is Donna. <laughs> well, this is the 80s. You have to remember it. It's a very 80s name. My cousin named her baby Donna. A newborn baby named Peace Donna. Peace and love. Mm-hmm. Dancing queen. It's like, it's cute sentimental. It just... That's good. It's just the name Donna. That's what it reminded me of. Mm-hmm. It's just dead Donna. We're talking about dead Donna. Makes you rest in peace. So she was found with ligatures around her wrist and neck. Um, the cause of death was strangulation. There were also signs of sexual assault. Um, the body had been through the trash compactor <gasps> of the garbage truck. Not like Star Wars. Yeah... And so that means it was put into a prison, prison garbage she can. She died in the prison. Yeah. Or near. Yeah. yeah. And then she was put into a prison garbage can and then into the garbage truck and then into the landfill. And then her body was run over by a bulldozer. <gasps> and literally all the bones in her body were broken. And when they found her body, it was like covered in like trash and like wet trash you wet trash so no one throughout that whole process found donna i know right someone actually lifted the trash bag out the trash they're can like dang the this thing. is heavy she must have been light skinny queen but skinny queen Legend. so because of all this there was very little evidence left well yeah she was literally bulldozed yeah so um oh there were also bite marks that what? was one of the only clear, like, evidence pieces besides the lig- ligature. Like, human? Yeah. Ew. Yeah, so... That's Ted Bundy-level gross. Yeah. Literally. Sorry, I don't mean to speak of him on this podcast. <laughs> he can rock. Yeah, he's icky. So, the question is, who in this prison would want her dead? She had only been there for three weeks, right? Like, how much... How many enemies could she have, really? So, a lot of people, like, a lot of the investigators at this point think that another guard had to be involved since it came from the prison trash, and whoever committed this murder would have needed time, privacy, and access to commit this murder. So, three days before her murder, witnesses saw a male guard in a heated argument with Donna. To the point where when she was walking away, he was, like, poking her shoulder and her back. Ew. Yeah. So, little fun thing about him. 
Two weeks before her murder, there was a report released about the prison saying that guards were dealing drugs and providing sex workers to inmates in exchange for money or favors. From the prisoners? Yes. What money do they have? That's what I was just thinking. You would be surprised. They shoveled enough coal to get a stripper in their room? And so there was a whole network of male officers who had been keeping this whole thing secret for years. But in 1981, female guards were allowed to start working there. Oh. And the new female officers wanted nothing to do with this. They're like, guys, this is this is stupid. This is illegal. Like you, you can't be doing that. Get that female brain in there. And yeah, girl. The sense. So. Donna was one of these people. She was marked as a person who would speak up and report illegal activity in training um, when she was in the academy. A male officer came into her room in the middle of the night without permission, and she ended up suing because of that. So that kind of put a target on her back of people being like, she's a snitch. How about you don't come into my room, crazy? Exactly. You're lucky I exactly. killed you dead where you stand. I'm glad she sued them, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. queen. So, many officers believe that the guard seen arguing with Donna was responsible for her murder. So, when they interviewed him, they found that he was selling cocaine to inmates, but he said he had nothing to do with the murder. So he still were dealing cocaine to inmates. Oh, well, yeah, he's not a stand-up guy. That's for sure. But I'm going to bring us back to the bite marks. Okay. If we remember that. I do. Um, so based on the imprints of the bite marks, they could tell that whoever had done this has, um, not the best teeth in the world. That's usually how it goes with these things. Yeah. yeah they always have jack winners. They were, they were missing a bottom incisor. Ew. And it, like, the, um, the bite mark, the most that you could see, like, the deepest part was the bottom teeth. So that's how they could tell so that had... there was a missing tooth on the bottom. Also, that was a bite if you can tell where the incisor no, was. No, Emily, I've seen the picture. It's... Pull it up. I I don't want to show you because I'll show you after because it's really gross. It'll I was like, like Emily... It'll set the vibes. I'll pause it. Okay. Hold on. Okay. So also, based on the brutality of... The murder, remember, she was essayed, she was strangled, there were bite marks. They knew that whoever done this had murdered before. There was no way that this woman was someone's first murder. With all those things and the bite marks? Yeah. Luckily for prosecutors, there was 500 murderers in this prison. Oh, yeah. I Mm -hmm. forgot about that part. So... The forensic examiner on this case immediately recognized the bite mark from a lecture he gave on a class um, like three days ago from a case that he was on four years ago. It was a case of Mary Lee Wilson who was strangled with uh, restraints, essayed, and bitten. The exact same MO. So her killer was 39-year-old Lemuel Smith at Greenhaven Correctional Facility. He confessed to Mary Lee Wilson's murder and another woman, five in total, by the way. While he was in jail? Um, he confessed to all this before he was put in jail. So he already oh, okay. has a life sentence at this point. Good riddance. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Wait, but and why is he in a... 
Why is he in a, um, oh, this is a regular prison. This isn't a reform prison, like, oh. No, this is a uh, maximum security prison. Okay, period. So it's a big girl prison. Well, the other one was maximum, too, but that was a penitentiary. It's a little different, yeah. yeah. So, right. and so all these victims had the same MO. He's a serial killer. Yeah. In his four years in prison so far, he was a model prisoner. He had found religion and was even an assistant to the chaplain. Why they gave him that, I do not know. Why are they letting these serial killers in religions, you know? I know, right? Like, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer was baptized. I'm like, Mm -hmm. in prison? Yeah. (laughs) They got a little, like, iron tub out for him. Some priest came and baptized him. It probably burned. He was like, <laughs> like sizzling. <laughs> the water down, boils. Like, they put him down like fried chicken. He came up all crispy. So this assistant to the chain chaplain, sorry, mm-hmm. gave him a lot of free freedom that most inmates don't have. Absolutely not. Yeah. Just because you have religion doesn't mean you're a good person. So he and Donna actually knew each other. She was the guard on his cell block. And he, like, very much wanted a friendship with her. So, we'll get back to that. The psychiatrist that evaluated him said that Lemuel told him to make sure he never gets out because he would murder again because he can't stop it. Oh. He was like, by the way, don't let me get out. And he was like, copy, cool. So, he was diagnosed by that same um, psychiatrist with paranoid schizophrenia and borderline personality disorder um, and recommended that without serious mental care, he would kill again, without a doubt. All right. Um, So, instead, they gave him more freedom with this uh, assistant job. And he had a few offices that he could go into by himself and they all had phones in them. So he very well could have made that phone call to Donna that I mentioned earlier. And trapped her. Yeah. Got her. Snatched her. Told her to come down, you know. So when they searched the offices, they found that the floor had just been cleaned with dirty water. Like, they had been in a rush. And um, they found blonde hairs in a closet that were consistent with the color and length of Donna's hair. So... His defense team, hold on, Uh just a minute. So his defense team believed that since she went through the trash compactor, was run over by the bulldozer, that the the bite mark was pretty much useless. Like, it could have been caused by one of those things. No, I saw the bite mark. That's a human bite mark. (laughs) No. No bulldozer did that. A raccoon did it. Like, no, that's clearly a human... No, literally. Impression. So... Remember our, our friend, the the examiner? He was like, those are his teeth. I've seen those chompers before. Yeah, he stares at them all the time. Yeah, the measurements of the teeth gaps are exactly the same as the bite marks on the other victims and Donna. And the bite impression that they took from his mouth. Like, you can't dismiss that. Like, no. Teeth I've are seen, like fingerprints. I've seen the impression they took. I've seen the bite mark. I've seen the bite mark on the other victim's face. They are all the same. Why are you gonna go biting people? That's I, my He is literally disgusting. Chompers. He's literally disgusting. And is it no, I was gonna say is it post mortem, but probably not. Yeah. 
so you know how and why did he do this uh he's he a serial thought, killer he thought that Di- donna might like him he wanted her to like him and he made her a jewelry box so not the arts know, and crafts that day she he called her up was like hey come down to the office i got your jewelry box and then people think she was annoyed when she walked away because that's embarrassing. Like, she's a new officer and an inmate's calling her. Also, she didn't like that guy. She was married and had a family. Exactly. Also, where is he getting a jewelry box? This man's doing, like, macaroni art for the He did people. carpentry in, in prison. In prison. They give them little activities to Yeah. Do. It's really weird. Right. Um. No, for real, though. Nothing. So, once you get this crayon. Once she got there, something probably happened where he was like, I made this jewelry box for you. Like, I really like you or, you know, that sort of thing. And she she probably rejected him and then that set him off. And he assaulted her, strangled her, and then cleaned it up and took her to the dumpster, which he did have access to. Um, Who's giving this man access? Yeah. So, lock him up. June 6th, 1981, three weeks after the murder... He was given another life sentence, and um, so at first they actually sentenced him to death because New York law at the time was like, well, if a prisoner always like already has life in prison, the only thing worth is being put to death. Mm-hmm. But then that got overturned. I don't know exactly why. I don't know if it's one of those things where they were changing the death penalty because that happens a lot. But they just gave him another life sentence. But for the next 20 years, he was mostly in solitary confinement. Good. And he is still in prison today at Ew. the age of, like, 82, I think. He's still alive. Um, he was the 80s. At this point, he wow. still says that he did not kill Donna. He says that the guards did. And her sister actually thinks that as well. But they had the his bite mark. No, literally. So... I understand where they're coming from by why they think that guards might be involved because of... Oh, I think they could have covered it up easy. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, they probably knew about it but didn't do anything. That's yet. what I think as well, mm-hmm. where they kind of just look the other way or, like... Because even if this was in some back offices, prison guards are everywhere. They had to hear her screaming. Or at least call for help. So I think they were just, like, bystanders. That's annoying. This weird it's really annoying. Was like, come to prom with me. And she said no. And no, he's No, sucky. I'm married. But yeah, that... He's so icky. That is about... That is the Problem story result. of Donna. Donna Payant. She was... Donna. She was a lovely lady. She was very strong-willed, and she had a very strong sense of justice. And, you know, these Respect. corrupt guards did not like that. They can rock. Sorry about your name, Donna. These are his teeth impressions. Oh, God. No, I know. I know you guys can't see it, but it's just really imagine gross. Shrek's mouth and then worse. Where is it on her face? On her chin? On her oh, nose. I I've seen that before. Oh, I see it. Hmm. I'm showing them the crime scene photos because I can't post these on Instagram or we'll get, it'll get taken down. The way I'm not phased anymore. Me neither. I'm like, it's another That's like, oh. the murderer. It's just another Thursday. Anyway, that is all. 
thank you all so much for joining. Alyssa, thank you for coming back. She will be on next week's as well since we are recording these back to back. Woo! Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Remember to rate, comment, review, subscribe. Um, plug in your heating pads. Take your meds. And stay spooky. Stay spooky. Mm -hmm. Goodbye. Goodbye.